0: Let's just start with prayer. Lord, we thank you today. I thank you that Jerry tells me Tom's a little better today. We just pray that you'd raise him up until we'd like to all be here until the rapture. And that's what we're waiting for, Lord. We're hoping maybe it'll be this year. That's why I was wondering if maybe I should talk a little about prophecy after we finish Samuel and then come back to Samuel and Kings after we do a little prophecy because things are winding down in it. All the emails that I get say that the time clock is ticking. And uh, we know that it's very near the end. But we want you to come and take us up before the tribulation. We know that's going to be. So, Lord, bless us as we consider uh, David's life um, and all the things that happened to him. We know that he made many, many mistakes. But whatever you, you sow, that you're going to reap. And David is reaping what he sowed with that one look and giving in to it with Bathsheba and how the sorrows never left his family from then on. So Lord, we just ask that you bless us today as we look at these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We start at the 14th chapter of Second Samuel. We saw that last time Absalom wanted to kill his brother Amnon because he had raped his sister. So we're going to see how this all happened then. Jonadab, let's look just at verse 32 of chapter 13. Jonadab, the son of Shimea, David's brother. David, you know, was one of eight boys. And Shimea had a son named Jonadab, who was very crafty and a wicked man, really. said, Let not my lord suppose they've killed all the young men, the king's sons. Only Amnon is dead. For by the command of Absalom, this has been determined from the day that he forced his sister Tamar. Now, therefore, let not my lord the king take the thing to heart, to think that all the king's sons are dead, for only Amnon is dead. Then Absalom fled, and the young man who was keeping watch lifted his eyes and looked, and there many people were coming from the road on the hillside behind him. And Jonadab said to the king, Look, the king's sons are coming, as your servant said, so it is. So it was, as soon as he had finished speaking, that the king's sons indeed came. They lifted up their voice and wept. Also the king and all his servants wept very bitterly. But Absalom fled and went to Talmai, the son of Amahud, king of Geshur. And David mourned for his son every day. So He fled to his grandfather. So Absalom fled and went to Geshur and was there three years. And David longed to go to Absalom, for he had been comforted concerning Amnon because he was dead. So during those three years, he wished he could see, but he just acted very foolishly and unwisely. We saw how wisely David acted with Saul, but now he's acting not according to what the Bible says. So we'll see this as we move through the 14th and 15th chapters. So Joab, the son of Zeruiah. Now jo- Zeruiah was one of David's sisters. In fact, let's look at this before we get into Amasa and everything. Look at 1 Chronicles chapter two. That's why Chronicles is so very important because it starts with the history of Adam begat so-and-so, and it goes down. In chapter 2, it moves down to verse 12 of chapter 2, Boaz. We know who he was. Salmon and Boaz. Boaz begat Obed. Obed begat Jesse. And Jesse begat Eliab, his firstborn, Abinadab the second, Shemiah the third. So this Shemiah, this one that was kind of crooked, He was the third son, Nethanel the fourth, Radai the fifth, Ozan the sixth, David the seventh. Now their sisters were Zeruiah and Abigail. And the sons of Zeruiah were Abishai, Joab. See, now when we read about Joab, that would be David's nephew, wouldn't it? His sister's son. So the sons of Zeruiah were Abishai, Joab, and Asahel, three. And remember, David said, I can't stand Have you three boys around, you're so cruel. But they were his nephews, Abishai, Joab, and Asahel, the three. Remember, Asahel was fleet of foot. He could run faster than anybody else. The sons of Zariah were these three boys. Then Abigail, the other sister that you hardly hear of, bore Amasa. So underline that. bore Amasa, and the father of Amasa. So her husband was Jether, the Ishmaelite. So Amasa, his father was an Ishmaelite, his mother was a Jewish girl. So Amasa is also a nephew of David, but he was an Ishmaelite. So that's really what we're going to hear much about Amasa. Abigail bore Amasa, and the father of Amasa was Jether, the Ishmaelite. So it's interesting to see how they intermarried within races. They married Egyptians, they married All these people from other different lands around them. So this is half Ishmael, which would be Ishmael, the son of Abraham, and Isaac. And so the unblessed one. So back to our passage. So Joab, the son of Zeruiah, perceived that the king's heart was concerned about Absalom. And Joab sent to Tekoa and brought from there a wise woman and said to her, Please pretend to be a mourner. So Joab is taking things into his own hands, and he's going to um, see what he can do about bringing Absalom back and reconciling them. So he brought this wise woman and told her, please pretend to be a mourner and put on mourning apparel. Do not anoint yourself with oil, but act like a woman who's been mourning a long time for the dead. Go to the king and speak to him in this manner." So Joab put the words in her mouth and when the woman of Shekoah spoke to the king, she fell on her face to the ground, prostrated herself and said, Help, O king. Then the king said to her, What troubles you? And she answered, Indeed, I am a widow. My husband is dead. Now your maidservant had two sons, and the two fought with each other in the field, and there was no one to part them, but the one struck the other and killed him. And now the whole family has risen up against me, your maidservant, and they said, Deliver him who struck his brother, that we may execute him for the life of his brother, whom he killed. And that's exactly what the law told them that they were supposed to do. And for we will destroy the heir also, So they would extinguish my ember that is left and leave to my husband neither name nor remnant on the earth. Then the king said to the woman, go to your house and I will give orders concerning you. And the woman of Chechoa said to the king, my lord, O king, let the iniquity be on me and on my father's house and the king and his throne be guiltless. And so evidently this story was pretty close to home to him about his son Absalom who had killed another of his sons. "'My lord, O king, let this iniquity be on my father's house, "'and not on yours. Let you be guiltless.' So the king said, "'Whoever says anything to you, "'bring him to me, and he shall not touch you any more.' Then she said, "'Please let the king remember the Lord your God, "'and do not permit the avenger of blood to destroy any more.'" You remember who the avenger of blood that we read is? That if somebody kills somebody and doesn't mean to, then the nearest relative of the one slain goes after him to kill him. And there were six cities of refuge, three on this side of the Jordan, three on that, that anyone could flee rather quickly to any of these cities. And if the keepers of the gate would let him in and listen to his case, he could stay there until the death of the high priest and he'd be safe. But if he left the city, and we're going to see somebody did leave the city and he was killed then. The avenger of blood got him, but you can't leave the city until after the death of the high priest. Then you could go home. Well, the high priests were always old, so it wasn't too long that they would be in the city of refuge. Don't permit the avenger of blood, the nearest one of the ones slain, to destroy any more, lest they destroy my son. And he said, as the Lord lives, not one hair of your son shall fall to the ground. Then the woman said, Please let your maidservant speak another word to my lord the king. And he said, Say on. And the woman said, Why then have you schemed such a thing against the people of God? For the king speaks this thing as one who is guilty, in that the king does not bring his banished one home again, for we will surely die and become like water spilled on the ground, which cannot be gathered up again. Yet God does not take away a life, but he devises means so that his banished ones are not expelled from him. Now, therefore, I have come to speak of this thing to my lord, the king, because the people have made me afraid. And your maidservant said, I will now speak to the king. It may be that the king will perform the request of his maidservant, for the king will hear and deliver his maidservant. "'from the hand of the man who would destroy me and my son "'together from the inheritance of God. "'Your maidservant said, "'The word of my lord the king will now be comforting. "'As for the angel of God, so is my lord the king "'in discerning good and evil. "'And may the lord your God be with you.' "'Then the king answered and said to the woman, "'Please do not hide from me anything that I ask you.' "'And the woman said, "'Please let my lord the king speak.' "'And the king said, Is this the hand of Joab with you in all this? And the woman answered and said, As you live, my lord the king, no one can turn to the right hand or to the left from anything that my lord the king has spoken. For your servant Joab commanded me, and he put all these words in the mouth of your maidservant to bring about this change of affairs. Your servant Joab has done this thing. But my lord is wise, according to the wisdom of the angel of God, to know all things that are in the earth. And the king said to Joab, All right. I have granted this thing. Go therefore and bring back the young man, Absalom. So he's really wanted him to come back, but now he's saying because of this, now you go and bring him back. Then Joab fell to the ground on his face and bowed himself and thanked the king. And Joab said, today your servant knows that I have found favor in your sight, O Lord, my king, in that the king has fulfilled the request of his servant. So this is going to be a halfway forgiveness which is worse than no forgiveness at all. So Joab arose, went to Gesher, and brought Absalom to Jerusalem. And the king said, Let him return to his own house, but do not let him see my face. Now how could he say this? This is just half-hearted forgiveness, isn't it? He can come back, but what good is it to come back? This is what started the seeds of rebellion in Absalom. So Absalom returned to his own house, but did not see the king's face. Now in all Israel, there was no one who was praised as much as Absalom for his good looks. From the sole of his foot to the crown of his head, there was no blemish in him. And when he cut the hair of his head at the end of every year, he cut it because it was heavy on him. And when he cut it, it weighed a half a pound, according to the king's standard. So he must have had heavy locks of hair. And to Absalom were born three sons and one daughter whose name was Tamar. She was a woman of beautiful appearance. And Absalom dwelt two full years in Jerusalem but did not see the king's face. So behind his handsome exterior was a proud, rebellious spirit in this man Absalom. We're going to see that. So he dwelt two years without seeing the king. Therefore Absalom sent for Joab to send him to the king that he would not come to him. And when he sent again the second time, he would not come. So he said to his servants, See, Joab's field is near mine. So Joab wouldn't even come. And he has barley there. Go and set it on fire. And Absalom's servants set the field on fire. Then Joab arose and came to Absalom's house and said to him, Why have your servants set my field on fire? And Absalom answered Joab, Look, I sent to you saying, Come here so that I may send you to the king to say, Why have I come from Geshur? It would have been better for me to be there still with my grandparents. Now therefore, let me see the king's face. But if there is any iniquity in me, let him execute me. So Joab went to the king and told him, and when he had called for Absalom, he came to the king and bowed himself on his face to the ground before the king. Then the king kissed Absalom. But see, already the rebellion, Absalom, had gone too far. After this, it happened that Absalom provided himself with chariots and horses and 50 men to run before him. Now Absalom would rise early and stand beside the way of the gate where all the business of the city of Jerusalem was handled. So it was whenever anyone who had a lawsuit came to the king for a decision that Absalom would call to him and say, What city are you from? And he would say, Your servant is from such and such a tribe of Israel. Then Absalom would say to him, Look, your case is good and right, but there's no deputy of the king to hear you in other words, I'll be the deputy of the king. I'll listen to you. I'll take care of it. Moreover, Absalom would say, Oh, that I were made judge in the land, and everyone who has any suit or cause would come to me. Then I would give him justice. And so it was, whenever anyone came near to him to bow down to him, that he would put out his hand and take him and kiss him. In this manner, Absalom acted toward all Israel, who came to the king for judgment. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. And it came to pass after, it's four years, this is the Vulgate, and it all of it says four years, 40 would be way too much, four years that Absalom said to the king, please let me go to Hebron and pay the vow which I vowed to the Lord. For your servant vowed a vow while I dwelt at Geshur in Syria, saying, if the Lord indeed, now he was born in Hebron. He was born when several children were born to David when he was king first of all over just Judah in Hebron. So he wanted to make that his capital. For your servant vow while I dwelt at Geshur in Syria saying, If the Lord indeed brings me back to Jerusalem, then I will serve the Lord. And the king said to him, Go in peace. So he arose and went to Hebron. Then Absalom sent spies throughout all the tribes of Israel saying, As soon as you hear the sound of the trumpet, then you shall say, Absalom reigns in Hebron. So There's all of this intrigue going on. And with Absalom went 200 men from Jerusalem who were invited, and they went along innocently and didn't know anything. Then Absalom sent for Ahithophel, the Gilanite. We don't hear this now, but we can read this later, that Ahithophel was Bathsheba's grandfather. So can you imagine that this grandfather probably never forgot what David did to his granddaughter Bathsheba? then absalom sent for ahithophel the gilonite david's counsellor from his city namely from gilo while he offered sacrifices and the conspiracy grew strong for the people with absalom continually increased in number and a messenger came to david saying the hearts of the men of israel are with absalom well, David believes this, so he thought, well, he'll kill me. I have to get out of here. So David said to all of his servants who were with him at Jerusalem, Arise, let us flee, or else we shall not escape from Absalom. Make haste to depart, lest he overtake us suddenly and bring disaster upon us, and strike the city with the edge of the sword. And the king's servants said to the king, We are your servants ready to do whatever my lord the king commands. Then the king went out with all his household after him. But the king left ten women concubines, to keep the house. And the king went out with all the people after him, stopped at the outskirts of the city. Then all his servants passed before him, all the Carathites and Pelathites and Gittites, 600 men who had followed him from Gath, passed before the king. And the king said to Ittai the Gittite, why are you also going with us? Return and remain with the king, for you're a foreigner and also an exile from your own place. In fact, you came only yesterday, Should I make you wander up and down with us today, since I go I know not where? Return, take your brethren back, mercy and truth be with you. And Ittai answered the king and said, As the Lord lives, and as my lord the king lives, surely in whatever place my lord the king shall be, whether in death or life, even there also your servant will be. So David said to Ittai, Go and cross over. Then Ittai the Gittite and all his men and all the little ones who were with him crossed over, and all the country wept with a loud voice, and all the people crossed over. The king himself also crossed over the brook Kidron, which is the eastern boundary of Jerusalem. There was Zadok also, and all the Levites with him, bearing the Ark of the Covenant of God. So they're going to have the Ark with them and the priest. And they set down the Ark of God, and Abiathar went up until all the people had finished crossing over the city. So... Abishai the priest put the ark down representing God's throne, and that was supposed to keep them safe till everybody crossed over. Then the king said to Zadok, Carry the ark of God back into the city. If I find favor in the eyes of the Lord, he will bring me back and show me both the ark and his habitation, Jerusalem. But if he says thus, I have no delight in you, here I am, let him do to me as seems good to him. The king also said to Zadok the priest, are you not a seer? Return to the city in peace and your two sons with you, Ahimaaz your son, and Jonathan, the son of Abiathar. See, I will wait in the plains of the wilderness until word comes from you to inform me. Therefore, Zadok and Abiathar carried the Ark of God back to Jerusalem and they remained there. So David went up by the ascent of the Mount of Olives. See, that isn't very far because When you go over there to visit, you stand on the Mount of Olives and you just look across the valley and see Jerusalem and where the temple was and everything. So he went up to the Mount of Olives, and as he went up, he had his head covered and went barefoot, and all the people who were with him covered their heads and went up weeping as they went up. Then someone told David, saying, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. Bathsheba's grandfather is turned away from being your counselor, And it's gone after Absalom. Ahithophel is among the conspirators. And David said, "O Lord, I pray, turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. He's praying that to God, and God is going to do that for him. We'll see how he does it. Now it happened when David had come to the top of the mountain, where he worshipped God, that there was Hushai, the archite, David's friend, coming to meet him with his robe torn and dust on his head. And David said to him, If you go on with me, then you will become a burden to me. But if you return to the city, you're my friend, and say to Absalom, I will be your servant, O king, just as I have been your father's servant previously, so I will now also be your servant. Then you may defeat the counsel of Ahithophel for me. Because Hushai was also a counselor and very brilliant. And do you not have Zadok and Abiathar the priests with you there back in Jerusalem? Therefore it will be that whatever you hear from the king's house, you shall tell it to Zadok and Abiathar the priests. Indeed, they have there with them their two sons, Ahimaaz, Zadok's son, and Jonathan, Abiathar's son. And by these two boys, the sons of these priests, by them you shall send me everything you hear. And the principle I wrote here, you must have spies on the ground which we don't seem to do in our warfare today. You need spies on the ground. So Hushai, David's friend, went into the city, and Absalom came into Jerusalem. When David was a little past the top of the mountain, this is another little aside, there was Ziba, the servant of Mephibosheth, who met him. Remember, Mephibosheth was the lame son of Saul. There was Ziba, the servant of Mephibosheth, who met him with a couple of saddled donkeys, and on them two hundred loaves of bread, a hundred clusters of raisins, a hundred summer fruits and a skin of wine. And the king said to Ziba, What do you mean to do with these? And so Ziba said, The donkeys are for the king's household ride right on, the bread and summer fruit for the young men to eat, and the wine for those who are faint in the wilderness to drink. Then the king said, Where is your master's son? And Ziba said to the king, now you see what Ziba is a crook too. So Ziba said to the king, he brought all this largesse so that he could get all of Mephibosheth's property. And Ziba said to the king, indeed he's staying in Jerusalem. For he said, today the house of Israel will restore the kingdom of my father Saul to me. He didn't do that. That was a lie. So the king said to Ziba, here, all that belongs to Mephibosheth is yours. And Ziba said, I humbly bow before you that I may find favor in your sight, my lord, O king. Now, when King David came to Bahirim, there was a man from the family of the house of Saul, whose name was Shimei, the son of Gera, coming from there. And he was a very loud-mouthed and foul-mouthed fellow. He came cursing continually as he came. He threw stones at David. It was kind of childlike. He threw stones at David, and all the servants of King David, and all the people and all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left. Also Shimei said thus when he cursed, Come out, come out, you bloodthirsty man, you rogue. And he said to the king, The Lord has brought upon you all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose place you've reigned. And the Lord has delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom, your son. So now you're caught in your own evil, because you're a bloodthirsty man. Then Abishai the son of Zeruiah, this is David's nephew, the one that is a speedy runner. Then Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, said to the king, why should this dead dog curse my lord, the king? Please let me go over and take off his head. And the king said, what have I to do with you, you sons of Zeruiah? So let him curse, because the Lord has said to him, curse David, who then shall say, why have you done so? And David said to Abishai and all of his servants, see how my son, who came from my own body, seeks my life. And how much more may this Benjaminite let him alone and let him curse, for so the Lord has ordered him. It may be that the Lord will look on my affliction and that the Lord will repay me with good for his cursing this day. And God says, Vengeance is mine, and the vengeance is taken in Solomon's day on this fellow. And as David and his men went along the road, Shimei went along the hillside opposite, cursed him as he went, threw stones at him, and kicked up dust. Now the king and all the people who were with him became weary, so they refreshed themselves there. Meanwhile, Absalom and all the people, the men of Israel, came to Jerusalem, and Ahithophel was with him. And so it was when Hushai the Archite, David's friend, came to Absalom, that Hushai said to Absalom, Long live the king, long live the king. So Absalom said to Hushai, Is this your loyalty to your friend David? Why did you not go with him? And Hushai said to Absalom, no, but whom the Lord and this people and all the men of Israel choose, his will I be, and with him I will remain. Furthermore, whom should I serve? Should I not serve in the presence of his son as I've served in your father's presence? So I will be in your presence. Then Absalom said to Ahithophel, give counsel as to what we should do. So Absalom turned from him. He, He was satisfied with that answer. So Absalom said to Ahithophel, tell us now what we should do. And Ahithophel said to Absalom, go into your father's concubines, whom he has left to keep the house, and all Israel will hear that you are abhorred by your father. Then the hands of all who are with you will be strong. So they pitched a tent for Absalom on the top of the house. Remember what God had said to David, I'll pay you back for what you've done and all of your wives will... Have this happened to them, what you did to Bathsheba, in the sight of all Israel. So they pitched a tent for Absalom on the top of the house, and Absalom went into his father's concubines in the sight of all Israel. And the counsel of Ahithophel, which he gave in those days, was as if one had inquired at the oracle of God. So it was all the counsel of Ahithophel, both with David and with Absalom, Moreover, Ahithophel said to Absalom, Now let me choose 12,000 men, and I will arise and pursue David tonight. I will come upon him while he's weary and weak and make him afraid. And all the people who are with him will flee, and I will strike only the king. Then I will bring back all the people to you. When all return except the man whom you seek, then all the people will be at peace. And the saying pleased Absalom and all the elders of Israel. And if they followed it, it probably would have worked. Then Absalom said, Now call Hushai the Archite also. Let's hear what he says, too. And when Hushai came to Absalom, Absalom spoke to him, saying, Ahithophel has spoken in this manner. Shall we do as he says? If not, speak up. And I think this is a brilliant answer. So Hushai said to Absalom, The counsel that Ahithophel has given is not good at this time. Isn't that a wonderful way of phrasing it? It's not good counsel at this time. For, said Hushai, you know your father and his men, that they're mighty men. They're enraged in their minds like a bear robbed of her cubs in the field. And your father is a man of war and will not camp with the people. Surely by now David's hiding in some pit or in some other place, and it will be when some of them are overthrown at the first that whoever hears it will say, there is a slaughter among the people who follow Absalom. And even he who is valiant, whose heart is like the heart of a lion, will melt completely. For all Israel knows that your father is a mighty man, and those who are with him are valiant men. Therefore, I counsel that all Israel be fully gathered to you from Dan to Beersheba, get the whole from the north to the south, all the army like the sand that's by the sea for multitude, and that you go into battle in person, Absalom. You go fight your father in person. So we will come upon him in some place where he may be found, and we will fall on him as the dew falls on the ground. And of him and all the men who are with him, there shall not be left so much as one. Moreover, if he has withdrawn into a city, then all Israel shall bring ropes to that city and will pull it into the river until there's not one small stone found there. So Absalom and all the men of Israel said, The counsel of Hushai the Archite is better than the counsel of Ahithophel. So for the Lord had purposed to defeat the good counsel of Ahithophel. See, the Lord was behind this. To the intent that the Lord might bring disaster on Absalom. Then Hushai said to Zadok and Abiathar the priests, Thus and so Ahithophel counseled Absalom and the elders of Israel, and thus and so I have counseled. Now therefore, send quickly and tell David, saying, Don't spend this night in the plains and the wilderness, but speedily cross over, lest the king and all the people who are with him be swallowed up. Now Jonathan and Ahimaaz stayed at Enrogel. This is a fountain just outside Jerusalem, the southwest corner of Jerusalem, and now it's called Job's Well now jonathan Ahima has stayed at job's well for they dared not be seen coming into the city so a maid servant would come and tell them and they would go and tell king david nevertheless a lad saw them and told absalom and both of them went away quickly and came to a man's house in bahurim who had a well in his court and they went down into it then the woman took and spread a covering over the well's mouth and spread ground grain on it and the thing was not known And when Absalom's servants came to the woman at the house, they said, Where are Ahimaaz and Jonathan? So the woman said to them, They'd gone over the water brook. And when they'd searched and couldn't find them, they returned to Jerusalem. Now it came to pass after they departed, they came out of the well and went and told King David and said to David, Arise, cross over the water quickly, for thus has Ahithophel counseled against you. So David and all the people who were with him arose and crossed over the Jordan. By morning light, not one of them was left who had not gone over the Jordan. Now when Ahithophel, this is Bathsheba's grandfather, when Ahithophel saw that his counsel was not followed, he saddled his donkey and arose and went home to his house, to his city. He put his household in order and hanged himself and died, and he was buried in his father's tomb. Doctor Ryrie said about this that Ahithophel, perceptive to the end, realized his cause was lost. Other suicides recorded in the Bible are those of Ahimelech, Judges nine; Samson, Judges six thirteen. Remember, he killed himself. Saul, First Samuel. He fell on his sword. Zimri in First Kings. We haven't come to him yet. And Judas in Matthew twenty seven five. Now, someone says, if a believer commits suicide, do they go to hell? No. When you believe in Jesus, you have what kind of life? Everlasting life. You can kill yourself. You can do whatever you want, but you can't undo a new life. You're born again into God's family. You may get in so as by the skin of your teeth. Enter in, you lazy servants, you poor, without any reward. But anyway, suicide does not automatically mean you go to hell. Especially if you're a believer, you go to heaven Early. So 24, Then David went to Mahanaim, and Absalom crossed over the Jordan, he and all the men of Israel with him. So they followed the advice of David's friend, and so he got all of Israel from the north to the south, thousands probably of armed men. And Absalom made Amasa, we saw him, captain of the army instead of Joab. Remember we read his father was an Ishmaelite by birth, but he was an Israelite by religion. He was David's nephew and the first cousin of Joab. So Amasa was made Absalom's captain of the army instead of Joab. This Amasa was a son of a man whose uh, name was Jethra, an Israelite, who had gone into Abigail. So his mother was the daughter of Nahash, or this is really David's father. Uh, Nahash, sister of Zeruiah, Joab's mother. So they were related. So Israel and Absalom encamped in the land of Gilead. Now it happened when David had come to Mahanaim that Shobi, the son of Nahash from Rabbah of the people of Ammon. Remember, David was kind. He and his grandfather were friends, but the son repulsed David's attempts at friendship. But this is another son. So Shobi, the son of Nahash from Rabbah of the people of Ammon, and Maker, the son of Amiel from Lodebar, and Barzillai, the Gileadite from Rogalim, They brought beds and basins, earthen vessels of wheat, barley, flour, parched grain and beans, lentils and parched seeds, honey and curds, sheep and sheaves of the herd for David and the people who were with him to eat. For they said, The people are hungry and weary and thirsty in the wilderness. So the Lord provided for them while they were in hiding. And David numbered the people who were with him and sent captains of thousands and captains of hundreds over them. Then David sent out one-third of the people under the hand of Joab, one-third under the hand of Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, David's sister, Joab's brother, and one-third under the hand of Ittai the Gittite. And the king said to the people, I also will surely go out with you myself. But the people answered, You shall not go out, for if we flee away, they won't care about us, nor if half of us die, they don't care about us, but you are worth ten thousand of us now. For you are now more help to us in the city. So the king said to them, Whatever seems best to you I will do. So the king stood beside the gate, and all the people went out by hundreds and by thousands. Now the king had commanded Joab, Abishai, and Ittai, saying, Deal gently for my sake. Now this is another weakness of David. He wanted Absalom back, yet he wouldn't see him. And now he's saying, Deal gently for my sake with the man that wants to kill you and wants to take your place. Deal gently for my sake with the young man Absalom. And all the people heard when the king gave all the captains orders concerning Absalom. So the people went out into the field of battle against Israel and the battle was in the woods of Ephraim. The people of Israel were overthrown there before the servants of David and a great slaughter of 20,000 men in Absalom's army took place there that day. For the battle there was scattered over the face of the whole countryside, and the woods devoured more people that day than the sword devoured. Then Absalom met the servants of David. Absalom rode on a mule. The king's sons rode on white mules. He rode on a mule. The mule went under the thick boughs of a great terebinth tree, and his head caught in the terebinth. So he was left hanging between heaven and earth. So this beautiful hair that he was so proud of Ended up being the means of his death, really. And the mule which was under him just kept going. And here he is hanging by his hair, caught in the tree. Now a certain man saw it and told Joab and said, I just saw Absalom hanging in a terebinth tree. So Joab said to the man who told him, You just saw him? And why didn't you strike him there to the ground? I would have given you ten shekels of silver and a belt. But the man said to Joab, Though I were to receive a thousand shekels of silver in my hand, I would not raise my hand against the king's son, for in our hearing the king commanded you, and Abishai and Ittai saying, Beware lest any one touch the young man Absalom. Otherwise I would have dealt falsely against my own life, for there is nothing hidden from the king, and you yourself would have set yourself against me. Then Joab said, I cannot longer linger with you. And he took three spears in his hand, thrust them through Absalom's heart while he was still alive in the midst of the terebinth tree. And ten young men who bore Joab's armor surrounded Absalom and struck and killed him. Then Joab blew the trumpet, and the people returned from pursuing Israel, for Joab held back the people. And they took Absalom and cast him into a large pit in the woods and laid a very large heap of stones over him. Then all Israel fled, every one to his tent, Now Absalom, in his lifetime, had taken and set up a pillar for himself, a big monument, which is in the king's valley. For he said, I have no son to keep my name in remembrance. He called the pillar after his own name. And to this day, it's called Absalom's monument. Then Ahimaaz, the son of Zadok, in the priestly family, Zadok the priest said, Let me now run and take the news to the king how the Lord has avenged him of his enemies. So Joab said to him, You shall not take the news this day, for you shall take the news another day, but today you shall take no news, because the king's son is dead. Then Joab said to the Cushite, Go tell the king what you've seen. So the Cushite bowed himself to Joab and ran. And Ahimaaz the son of Zadok, again said to Joab, But whatever happens, please let me also run after the Cushite. Joab said, Why will you run, my son, since you have no news ready? But whatever happens, he said, Let me run. So he said to him, run. Then Ahimaaz ran by the way of the plain and outran the Cushite. Now David was sitting between the two gates. And the watchman went up to the roof over the gate to the wall, lifted his eyes and looked, and there was a man running alone. Then the watchman cried out and told the king. And the king said, if he's alone, there's news in his mouth. And he came rapidly and drew near. Then the watchman saw another man running. And the watchman called to the gatekeeper and said, There's another man running alone. And the king said, He also brings news. So the watchman said, I think the running of the first is like the running of Ahimaaz, the son of Zadok, the priest. And the king said, He's a good man, comes with good news. And Ahimaaz called out to the king, All is well. Then he bowed down with his face to the earth before the king and said, Blessed be the Lord your God, who delivered up the men who raised their hand against my lord the king. And the king said, Is the young man, Absalom, safe? And Ahimaaz answered, When Joab sent the king's servant and me, your servant, I saw a great tumult, but I didn't know what it was about. And the king said, Turn aside and stand here. So he turned aside and stood still. Just then the Cushite came, and the Cushite said, There is good news, my lord, the king. The Lord has avenged you this day of all those who rose against you. And the king said to the Cushite, Is the young man Absalom safe? And the Cushite answered, May the enemies of my lord the king and all who rise against you to do you harm be as that young man is. Then the king was deeply moved and went up to the chamber over the gate and wept. And as he went, he said thus, "O my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, if only I died in your place. O Absalom, my son, my son. And Joab was told, Behold, the king is weeping and mourning for Absalom. So the victory that day was turned into mourning for all the people. For the people heard it said that day, the king is grieved for his son. And the people stole back into the city that day as people who are ashamed steal away when they flee in battle. But the king covered his face and the king cried out with a loud voice, "O my son, Absalom, O Absalom, my son, my son. Then Joab came into the house to the king and said, Today you have disgraced all your servants, who today have saved your life, the lives of your sons and daughters, the lives of your wives and the the lives of your concubines, in that you love your enemies and hate your friends. For you have declared today that you regard neither princes nor servants. For today I perceive that if Absalom had lived and all of us had died today, then it would have pleased you well. Now therefore arise, go out and speak comfort to your servants. For I swear by the Lord, if you do not go out, not one will stay with you this night, and that will be worse for you than all the evil that has befallen you from your youth until now. Then the king arose and sat in the gate, and they told all the people, There is the king sitting in the gate. So all the people came before the king, for every one of Israel had fled to his tent. Now all the people were in a dispute throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, the king saved us from the hand of our enemies. He delivered us from the hand of the Philistines, and now he's fled from that land because of Absalom. But Absalom, whom we anointed over us, has died in battle. Now, therefore, why do you say nothing about bringing back the king? Then King David sent to Zadok and Abiathar the priests, saying, Speak to the elders of Judah, saying, Why are you the last to bring the king back to his house, since the words of all Israel have come to the king, even to his house? You are my brethren, you are my bone and my flesh. Why then are you the last to bring back the king? And say to Amasa, are you not my bone and my flesh? God do so to me, and more also, if you are not commander of the army before me continually in place of Joab. So he's putting Amasa that was Absalom's captain. Now he's demoting Joab and putting Amasa in his place. Can you imagine how Joab feels about this? So he swayed the hearts of all the men of Judah, just as the heart of one man. So they sent the word to the king, return you and all your servants. Then the king returned and came to the Jordan. And Judah came to Gilgal to go to meet the king, to escort the king across the Jordan. And Shimei, the son of Gera, a Benjaminite, who is from Bahirim, hastened and came down with the men of Judah to meet King David. There were a thousand men of Benjamin with him, and Zebah the servant of the house of Saul and his 15 sons and 20 servants with him. And they went over the Jordan before the king. Then a ferry boat went across to carry over the king's household and to do what he thought good. Now Shimei, the son of Gera, the one that was cursing, fell down before the king when he had crossed over the Jordan. He said to the king, Don't let my lord impute iniquity to me or remember the wrong your servant did on the day that my lord the king left Jerusalem, that the king should take it to heart for i your servant know i have sinned therefore i am the first to come to-day of all the house of joseph to go down and meet my lord the king but abishai the son of zeruiah answered and said shall not shimei be put to death for this because he cursed the lord's anointed and david said what have i to do with you you sons of zeruiah that you should be adversaries to me to-day shall any man be put to death to-day in israel Do I not know that today I am king over Israel? Therefore the king said to Shema, You shall not die. And the king swore to him. Now Mephibosheth, the son of Saul, came down to meet the king. He hadn't cared for his feet, nor trimmed his mustache, nor washed his clothes from the day the king departed until the day he came back in peace. So it was when he had come to Jerusalem to meet the king that the king said to him, Why did you not go with me, Mephibosheth? And he answered, My lord, O king, my servant deceived me. For your servant said, I will saddle a donkey for myself, that I may ride on it and go to the king, because your servant is lame. And he has slandered your servant to my lord the king. But my lord the king is like the angel of God. Therefore, do what is good in your eyes. For all of my father's house were but dead men before my lord the king. Yet you set your servant among those who eat at your own table. Therefore, what right have I to still cry out any more to the king. So the king said to him, Why do you speak any more of your matters? I have said, You and Ziba divide the land. Well, that was wrong too. You should have gotten rid of Ziba and just given the land back to Mephibosheth. Then Mephibosheth said to the king, Rather, let him take it all inasmuch as my lord the king has come back in peace to his own house. And Barzillai the Gileadite came down from Rogalim and went across the Jordan with the king to escort him across the Jordan now barzillai was a very aged man eighty years old and he had provided the king with supplies while he stayed at mahanaim for he was a very rich man and the king said to barzillai come up, across with me and i will provide for you while you are with me in jerusalem but barzillai said to the king how long have i to live that i should go up with the king to jerusalem I am today 80 years old. Can I discern between good and bad? Can your servant taste what I eat or what I drink? Can I hear any longer the voice of singing men and singing women? Why then should your servant be a further burden to my lord the king? Your servant will go a little way across the Jordan with the king, and why should the king repay me with such a reward? Please let your servant turn back again that I may die in my own city and be buried by the grave of my father and mother. But here is your servant Chimham. Let him cross over with my lord the king and do for him what seems good to you. And the king answered, Chimham. In some place I read that this fellow had an inn and this is very probably the inn that Mary and Joseph went to in Bethlehem. Chimham's inn. And the king answered, Chimham shall cross over with me and I will do for him what seems good to you. Now whatever you request of me, I will do for you. Then all the people went over the Jordan and when the king had crossed over, the king kissed Barzillai and blessed him, and he returned to his own place. Now the king went on to Gilgal, and Chimham went on with him, and all the people of Judah escorted the king, and also half the people of Israel. Just then all the men of Israel came to the king and said to the king, Why have our brethren the men of Judah stolen you away, and brought the king, his household, and all David's men with him across the Jordan? So all the men of Judah answered the men of Israel, because the king is a close relative of ours. Why then are you angry over this matter? Have we ever eaten at the king's expense, or has he given us any gift? And the men of Israel answered the men of Judah and said, We have ten shares in the king. (laughs) There are ten tribes. We have ten tribes that are for the king, and you only have two. We have ten shares in the king. Therefore we also have more right to David than you. Why then do you despise us? Were we not the first to advise bringing back our king? Yet the words of the men of Judah were fiercer than the words of the men of Israel. And there happened to be there a rebel, whose name was Sheba, the son of Bichri, a Benjaminite. And he blew a trumpet and said, We have no part in David, nor do we have inheritance in the son of Jesse. Every man to his tent, O Israel. So every man of Israel deserted David, followed Sheba, the son of Bichri. But the men of Judah from the Jordan, as far as Jerusalem, remained loyal to their king. Now David came to his house at Jerusalem, and the king took the ten women, his concubines, whom he had left to keep the house, put them in seclusion and supported them, but did not go into them. So they were shut up to the day of their death, living in widowhood. Then the king said to Amasa, Assemble the men of Judah for me within three days, and be present here yourself. So Amasa went to assemble the men of Judah, but he delayed longer than the set time which david had appointed him and david said to abishai now sheba the son of bichri will do more harm than absalom take your lord's servants and pursue him lest he find for himself fortified cities and escape us so joab's men with the kerathites the pelathites and all the mighty men went out after him and they went out of jerusalem to pursue sheba the son of bichri when they were at the large stone which is at gibeon a massa came before them he was late but now he's appearing joab was dressed in battle armor on it was a belt with a sword fastened in the sheath at the hips and he was going forward it fell out then joab said to amasa are you in health my brother and joab took amasa by the beard with his right hand to kiss him but amasa didn't notice the sword that was in joab's hand and he struck him with it in the stomach and his entrails poured out on the ground and he didn't strike him again thus he died then joab and abishai his brother pursued sheba the son of bichri meanwhile one of joab's men stood near amasa and said whoever favors joab whoever is for david let him follow him but amasa wallowed in his blood in the middle of the highway and when the men saw that all the people stood still he moved amasa from the highway to the field and threw a garment over him and when he saw that everyone who came upon him halted when when they saw that when he was removed from the highway all the people went on after Joab to pursue Sheba, the son of Bichri. And he went through all the tribes of Israel to Abel and Makkah and all the Berites. So they gathered together and also went after Sheba. Then they came and besieged him in Abel of Beth Makkah, And they cast up a siege mound against the city, and it stood by the rampart. And all the people who were with Joab battered the wall to throw it down. Then a wise woman cried out from the city, Hear, hear! Please say to Joab, come near by that I may speak with you. And when he had come near to her, the woman said, Are you Joab? And he said, I am. Then she said to him, Hear the words of your maidservant. And he answered, I'm listening. Then he spoke, saying, They used to talk in former times, saying, They shall surely ask counsel at Abel, and so they would end disputes. I am among the peaceable and faithful in Israel. You seek to destroy a city and a mother in Israel. Why would you swallow up the inheritance of the Lord? and joab answered and said far be it from me that i should swallow up or destroy this is not so but a man from the mountains of ephraim sheba the son of bichri by name has raised his hand against the king against david deliver him only and i will depart from the city and the woman said to him watch his head will be thrown to you over the wall then the woman in her wisdom went to all the people and they cut off the head of sheba the son of bichri threw it out to joab Then he blew a trumpet, and they withdrew from the city, and every man to his tent. So Joab returned to the king at Jerusalem. And Joab was over all the army of Israel. Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, was over the Karathites and Pelathites. Adoram was in charge of revenue. Jehoshaphat, the son of Ahilud, was recorder. Shiva was scribe. Zadok and Abiathar were the priests. And Ira, the Jirite, was a chief minister under David, or the Kohen. Now, we'll stop here, and next time we'll start with chapter 21. We maybe can finish. Yeah, we can finish 2 Samuel next week. I was thinking that after we finish this, should we quickly take a look at Revelation just to see it in these last days? Would you like to go into a little prophecy? And then we'll come back to this, if that's okay with you. Lord, we thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Bless these things to our hearts. We just know... War is just terrible, and it's still terrible today. And not only are they beheading today like they did, but during the tribulation, this will be the method of getting rid of enemies, beheading people. So, Lord, we just pray that you will come quickly. In Jesus' name, amen.